Well, good evening, everybody. It's lovely to have you back with us again tonight, and Paul's with us again. Hello, how are you? Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> um, we're talking about leadership, Paul, this month. All of May, we're going to be talking about leadership, and tonight we're going to focus in on building relationships and connecting. That's a really important one about relationships. It certainly is. It's a big one. But I think um, tonight you want to start off with the prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Lord God, we just pray for wisdom as we, we open this subject up of leadership and predominantly relationship. Thank you for your wisdom. Amen. So tonight we're talking about really building relationships, which is really about connecting. Because if we're going to influence people, it's very difficult if we just try to do it from a, from a point of position. Of authority, we've got to sort of try to build a relationship with people. Yeah, to def them. definitely. Yeah, not my strongest suit, but this will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we're talking about the word connect, and I think that's such a hard word in the leadership when you talk about leadership, because sometimes leaders don't understand fully what it is to really connect with people. It's about thinking about others more importantly than yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And you need people's hearts, obviously, to connect. And uh, you've got to give people time. Listening is a, is a big part of that. Uh, so connection, yeah, very interesting subject. We need to connect with the person, obviously, that we're trying to lead. And, you know, we, look, we, we always have to look, of course, to our source, which is the Bible, um, for the people who have faith, it, our Bible is our directions for life. And if we just take an example of Jesus in the Bible, he was somebody who really knew how to connect with people. He certainly did. And I think selflessness has got to be a part of that too, Deborah, because uh, one of my favourite sayings is um, Jesus had the ability to look beyond people's problems to see the need of the heart that needed to be connected so he never judged people by the outside appearances or, or even attitudes, but he saw the need of the heart to want to be connected. And that's what we're talking about today, being connected to the person, giving ear, giving time, and connecting in a way that um, is tangible. Well, it's, it's an understand. You can't really understand what the needs of someone is unless no, you spend true. time with them. That's you know true. what I love that's about it? Yeah. Jesus always spent time with his disciples. Yeah, well, well said. That's right. Yeah. How, how, do, how do I know your needs if I never spend any time with you? That's right. And how do you get to know anybody if you don't spend time? It's like um, Moses said, and this is a, a one I quote often, you know, Lord, that I might know your ways, that I might know you. So you need to know someone's ways and attitudes and, and um, likes and dislikes. You need to get to know somebody intimately or personally to be able to connect. So you need, you need to know the person. Yeah. So I think it's really important that we practice this in our families. You know, lots of times when you talk about leadership, we think about big businesses and corporations. But I, I'm a great believer that leadership actually starts at home, Paul. What do you think yeah, about that? Yeah, no, I do too. Most things start small, and I, and I believe that. Um, there's another saying, Christianity burns brightest at home, and that's a true saying. It's no point in trying to um, run a nation if you can't run your own household. So, yes, Deborah, definitely it starts at home. Then there's biblical um, principles to yeah, back that up. Yeah. You know, like in Timothy, there's an order of the church, you know. Um, so there, there was an order in the way things should be yeah, run. Train, training a child up in the way they should go, yeah. And, you know, we've gone so far away from that. Yeah, we certainly have. And it's almost like... We're not allowed to talk about um, saying no or training or directing somebody. But 
like you know I run horse programs Paul for young youth um, and I see so many young people that are crying out for direction that are crying out for someone to to notice them and mm. to value them and they're just hungry for it yep and, and as parents and as leaders we have we have to um, give the kids the time if we don't train them up the world will or the world system as I would say it or somebody will train them up it's our responsibility because he says train a child up in the way they should go and when they're old they won't depart from it so what we put what we plant today will be seeds that will germinate tomorrow and through the future so it, it's our response the buck stops with the father and mother husband and wife that's where it stops with us we need to train them up which means not just telling them but show them your life should emulate that of what you want repeated yeah, I love that you've just brought in one of my favourite sayings, you know, training is actually modelling the behaviour or the characteristics that you mm, want repeated. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. I love it. that, you know. Training is the modelling of the characteristics or the behaviours that you want repeated. And as you say, Deb, I mean, people learn more by what you do, not by what you say. You can say a lot and do nothing, but it's best that you show by your actions. That's actually what you're saying, and that's fantastic. And, and, and if you're getting something repeated in your family or in your um, close relations with your friends or whatever, if you're having something repeated, 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 sometimes you've got to take a look at yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. And that's the that's scary true. part, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's an exciting part about that, but there is a scary <laughs> part of that. Because, like, if you've got somebody that's back-chatting you all the time, that's being disrespectful, then sometimes you've got to look... Am I being disrespectful somewhere? Yeah, look, there was a time where I thought my children, um, when they were young, were, were quite sarcastic. And then, and as you say, say, Deborah, I looked at myself and thought, well, that's because I'm full of sarcasm. So, you know, there's things we learn along the way. It's not so bad falling or um, learning, but, but to, to learn from it and to grow through. For, as a leader, you have to humble yourself enough to allow things to convict you of what you don't have right in your life till you get it right. Well, let's um, go back to yeah. building relationships tonight and then connecting. Like I've got the first one that I want to talk about tonight is God is love. And Jesus yeah. said that he only did what he saw and heard the Father mm, say and do. That's good. Now, the Father God is love. So therefore, everything that Jesus was shown and given by the Father mm. was motivated by love. And, and so should ours be. And, you know, yes. we often say and this, we have this conversation between us. You know, people obviously respond or react to things. Um, you respond in love, which is what we're just saying, or you react in anger. So his motivation was always love because that's who God is and that's who he emulated. And so we also as parents need to emulate that same love that Christ has for his church, to love and to think the best and to respond rather than to react. I think that's an important Yeah, definitely. And, you know, this is a very overlooked yeah. part, but I remember a very old Christian sharing this with me when I first became a Christian some 30-odd years ago, which is really scary to say. But he said, you know, the best thing a father can do is love the mother. Yeah, isn't that a powerful tool? And that is such a powerful tool because that is showing the children underneath that that that's the first port of call. When a, when a father respects the, the mother and the mother respects the father back in turn, that is such a fantastic example for those children because that's oh, the this beginning of that seed of love. Absolutely. I mean, and that will be repeated. And if there's a healthy union and a healthy respect for each other, 
well, then they nor- normally will have a healthy respect for their partners. That's but if they see an unhealthy, um, toxic sort of attitude towards the parents, they're going to emulate the wrong things. That's what we were saying before. Let's hope that we are examples of right- righteous living or right living that they can repeat. That's right. <laughs> And it's so it's it's so like we none of us get it right. No, that's right. I mean, I I don't want to pretend that we're sitting here and and. No, I nearly made a mistake once. <laughs> but you know, I think parenting is one of the hardest things that you can possibly do, and I, I think it's quite funny that one of our um, sons, we were sitting, you were sitting in the car with them, and you said, you know, we have children, and there's no uh, direction book comes with it, and he said, well, yeah, there is. Yeah, and it was the Bible, yeah. and and we we looked at each other. You you told me about it. And yeah, we just looked at each other. We thought, oh, wow, wow it, it got in. Now all of a sudden, you know the scriptures. <laughs> it, it got in, you know. But we do make mistakes. It's not easy when we have children. But in the world that we're living in right now, when disconnect, everybody's becoming so disconnected. And, and there's different reasons for disconnect. There is a lot of pressure on society. The world's changed as we know it. And, you know, like I said earlier on, this is not my strong suit relationship. So I have to consciously um, put on that thought process of being there to the, uh, with the person I'm talking to. In other words, I cannot afford to be an absent-minded professor when I'm talking to my son or daughter about something. I need to be in the moment. I need to be attentive, active listening. And, and that, for me, I have to put that on because... Um, it's not natural for me. I seem to be a bit isolated and tend to my own uh, personality is sort of uh, isolated, isolate, Deborah. Yeah. yeah, so I have to actually put that on and say, even if that's what you have to do, you have to be in the moment. You need to listen and know where they're at and communicate with them. I think it's a really um, fantastic point. I'd like to just bring in a personal story now because I think a lot of people can really relate to stories. And just to show our humanity here, you know, we, we were a blended family when we started off. We brought together um, five boys. You bought three and I brought two into our family, mm. a mix. And that brings a whole different challenge Dynamics, in itself. Yeah. And we survived. We have a lot of grey hairs now, but we survived. <laughs> but um, the thing was we had a, an old friend came to us and we were having a lot of trouble with our youngest two. Everybody else seemed to be okay. We didn't have a lot to do. My eldest was already left home and your eldest was sort of left um, early on in the piece as well. So we were left with the middle ones. But the the two younger ones were very, very, uh, very, very hard when we first got together. They used to fight all the time. They were very disrespectful. They They were just angry and naughty and they just did whatever they could to annoy us. And one day a friend said to us, well, you need to um, get this book and it talks about um, the birth orders and how the youngest child will always fight for the parent's personal one-on-one attention. And we had two younger children doing the same thing thing, but doing it together and making double the trouble. And I remember when we read this book, we were sitting there saying, this guy's actually sat at our window and he's heard our dinner table and he's heard what happens on a weekend. And he just reiterated everything that we were going through. And he said a very interesting thing. He said they're both vying for that one-on-one attention because they're both the youngest child. So if you take each of them away with the the, the parent, like you took your son and I took mine, and spent just a little bit of time with them alone when you first come together on the weekend, you'll find the whole weekend is a different thing. And we did that and it worked. Yeah. They just wanted that 
one yeah, on one. Yeah, one on one, one on one, and that's that also speaks of time and attention, connection, connection, and being a good listener. And people need to feel that you love them and that you actually care about what they're going through. You know, we can have generalized conversations where we don't really care what people are saying, but when you're there to try and lead and guide someone, you have to be attentive. And they just times a times your biggest love language, Deborah. Yeah. Well, they and just so wanted that one-on-one one on one with time. Dad, one-on-one yeah. on one with Mum, and For then sure. they were fine. And the other thing that we learned through that process and that book was the fact that you have to keep your child's heart. And this yeah. is why we are so keen to get this leadership message for families out there because the yeah. biggest tool that you have in your hand that can keep a line of okay. connection with your yeah. family forever is if you have that bond of love and you have their heart. If you don't have their heart, you don't have them. No. And, and the, the communications are broken down. There is, there's nothing going both ways. There's nothing. There's, um, they're like ships in the night. You, there's you're no, missing. You're missing. There's no real connection or no emotional connection. It's just, yeah. And, you know, you find this, especially when you get teenagers, because that's a really difficult time because they're starting to become an individual. Mm. And this is where you have to, my next... Um, like God was love, he is love, God is totally love, yep. and everything that he did was motivated out of Absolutely, love. Yeah. Then the next thing is Jesus was just full of mercy and grace. And sometimes when we have teenagers, we have to remember mercy and grace. Yeah. Um, mercy is not getting what you deserve. Yeah, don't be critical of everything they say and think. I mean, they, they think some outlandish things and, you know, things that are not real good, but, but have mercy and grace. We, we were shown that same mercy and grace when we were younger so we should emulate the same thing they need that grace to not be and for us as leaders don't be critical try not to be critical with them give them some scope let them express themselves and and use the term well that might be what you're thinking but we feel always use the term we feel rather than you should because that's just a counseling term that it's actually Keeps the lines of communication open, Deborah. And if you have a, if you have a real connection with them, what I love is you know we haven't always done it right. No. Um, we've learnt more by mistakes. If, if oh, we're honest, so. we've learnt more by mistakes. But between us, consistency, yeah. Between us, we have over forty years of experience in parenting. So we, we'd we'd like to be able to say that we come from some form of experience here, yeah, even if it is only hard, the school of hard knocks. <laughs> I was gonna say but that. you know, we have learnt from mistakes, not from being perfect. We've learnt from what we didn't do right, and when we realised that we didn't have our children's heart, we did work quite hard to try to win it back. Yeah, you do because if you don't, you know, the air becomes thicker if you like, it becomes colder. A week turns into months, and that's that's really bad. Th- then the teenagers will go through things. They won't tell you what they're going through because there's no connection, real connection for them to be honest enough to open up for you to listen to them. I think one of the greatest tools yeah. that you have as parents is to have that line of communication, Paul. For sure. That's the next one after relationship yeah. that we'll deal with next week. But if we don't have communication with our teenagers, especially somebody else, we have to make sure that we are the loudest voice because there's a lot of voices yeah, out there. Is. And if we're not in relationship with them, if we're not connected with them, this this program of leadership is all about a building blocks program because relationships and connectedness has to come first. Nothing else that we build on will build if we don't have that foundation. That's right. The foundation of the relationship is, is that's why we bring Jesus into it because he had that foundation. Yeah. He looked beyond everybody's faults and needs and saw the need of the heart. So that's, 
that the relationship, he's not a respecter of persons. It's the same principle. He loved, his whole motivation yeah, he was loved. Lovely. We have to understand that when we're in a family and we're leading a family, we have all different personality types. We do. We have all different um, styles of communicating. We have all sorts of different styles of, of life languages, yeah. not just love languages, but yeah. life languages. And if we can understand where our children are coming from and our spouse is coming from, then that makes it a little bit easier to lead them because then we can see that, well, that's coming out of that fear of rejection yeah. or that's coming out of they don't feel valued or heard yeah. right now. But you have to be interested enough to know that. Yes. And, and that's what you're saying, Deborah. That's very good observation. You have to be interested enough to know your child's personality, where they're coming from, their bent, so then you can be able to minister or talk to them in for where they are. You become like they are at their age to communicate and to relate to them. You need to be able to relate to where they are. And, and there's so them. many scriptures that can help us. This yep. is the part that we really want to, to get out there tonight. The Bible is just so full of helpful wisdom. But it's we've got to be doers of the word, mm -hmm. not just hearers only. I've read that again today. And, you know, it says train up a child, yes, in the way you should go. And there's lots of different mm -hmm. um, commentaries on that. But we're not here to talk about doctrines. We're just here to talk about how the word is and what it says. He says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. It says, fathers, don't provoke your children to, anger. Wrath, to, to wrath. Yes. You know, don't be contentious with them. Don't break their spirit. There's so many fantastic... Well, even the nine fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness. Well, think about gentleness. That, that goes a long way, doesn't it, Deborah? Oh, it does. Gentleness. A soft word turns, turns away, away our anger. anger. Yeah, so gentle. And see, in a family situation, if we take away all hope, the word says hope deferred makes, makes the, the heart, heart sick. sick. Yeah. But a merry heart doeth good like, like a medicine. medicine. That's right. If we have our child's heart and they feel safe with us and they feel that they can be vulnerable with us, then we have that, that key to their heart and that we can sow that good seed, we can sow the Bible principles into them, we can show them that there's a, um, a way to live and it's, we can be that safe place for them to go, that safe harbour. Yeah, well said. I couldn't add to that. That's, that's great. That's exactly right. Because let's face it, the one thing that I, I knew growing up, like I grew up with parents that were such hard workers. My dad and mum ran a farm and... You know, my dad knew how to work and I knew that my dad loved me. I never doubted that my dad loved me. But my dad was so busy that he didn't have the time to show me. And, you know, as parents, we can sometimes get so busy with the day-to-day -day chores and, and the responsibilities. But, you know, our kids are desperately seeking to be seen and to be directed and to be valued and to be heard. And if we keep shutting them out and turning them away, they will find somebody else. Yeah, that's well said too. There's a lot in there. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, it is sad. And there's a lot in what you just said there, time. and Well, you know, you could go on, but geez. So Jesus was the example. He came, he only did what he saw the Father and heard the Father say. And the Father, God, is completely, he is the essence of love. So everything mm. Jesus did was motivated from love. So we can learn from that. He, he had mercy and grace. He was a servant. Mm. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. You know, 
that's a great way of, of building relationship and connectedness. People want to know how much you care about them. That's right. And, you know, what comes to me, I don't know why, but, you know, if you have a good attitude, your children will emulate a good attitude. They, they learn so, they pick up so many things and sometimes not so good things. Yeah. So be aware as a leader um, that everything you do is going to be repeated. <laughs> as yeah. you said earlier on, Deborah, that was a great sentence you said earlier on. Yeah, what, you know, whatever you training a child is um, modeling the characteristics or the behaviors that you, you want to have it. repeated. And that's fantastic. The next thing I think, which is mm -hmm. you mentioned it before, Paul, was my, my love language is time. Yep. It always has been. So if for me, for somebody to show me, and this is why for me, I knew my mum and dad loved me, but I, I often wanted my dad's time. That's right. Because that was what made that me feel loved. Yeah. And so we have to, like my son, he, his love language is acts of service and gifts. Mm. You know, I, I can give him as much time as I like, but it doesn't mean anything to it's him. It's not going to speak to his heart. It, it doesn't speak to his heart. No, you know, no, so that's right. we have to sort of try really hard to understand the other person's need, not our own. No, that's right. And if we get it mixed up, that's going to be hard. You miss yeah. again. Yeah. Um, the next one is, I, I don't know about you, Paul, but like because I do what I do with the horse program with young people, I see a lot of young people that actually want the truth. Yeah, they can actually handle it. They want it. They do. They yeah. actually want the truth. But I think a lot of times we try to give people the truth without relationship and that breeds rejection. Yeah, that's right. We have to have that relationship. Here it goes again. We go back, well, it's, back to it's, it's like how do you speak into someone's life if you haven't built a relationship with that person? You can't. You need to build a relationship that gives you the right to speak into their life. And you know what? They will listen if they know you genuinely care and love them. They will listen yep. and they will open up and you'll be able to speak into their lives. And that gives you that precious responsibility to be able to speak the truth in love. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. That's, and, that's good. And, and they want it. Young people today, let me tell you something, parents, if I've learned nothing from my um, our 40 years of parenting. That's right. And, and my five years of working with young, troubled children, young people at risk with my EAL program is that they are desperate for somebody to tell them the truth. And they can handle the truth. For somebody to show them the way in life because there's so many loud voices out there. And as Christian families, you have never had as much noise coming into your children's life as what you have now. You have the media, you have social media, you have schools, and some of the things that the schools are pumping into them is Scary. less than godly. And so your voice, now more than ever, has to be the loudest voice that they hear. And if you lose connection and you lose that relationship with them, then those other voices are going to come louder and louder. That's right. And the kids... I need to know that you are the surety. That just came to me. You are the surety yes. for their lives and for the family. You become their surety, your, their strength. That's what you are to them. And they need to know they've got that regardless if they're going up or down or in and out and their circumstances change and they become indifferent. You are the stay and the surety for their life. And that's what they need. They need that security from their parents, from good leaders. And that's where it starts, Deborah, as you were saying today, it starts at home and it starts with connection and relationship with your children and winning your child's heart so you can speak into theirs and you can have their heart where exactly. they will come and offload onto you and you'll be able to take it and lead them in the right way. I love it. I love it. And, you know, this there's one thing that comes to my mind, you know, 
anybody who knows us personally um, knows that you know we haven't always done it the right way, and and we have. We, we've had children that have gone off the rails, Paul, and yeah, have gone yeah. their own way. There is no sure thing in life. There's one thing that we always have to remember. There's no sure thing. You can do everything right, but it doesn't mean that everything right is going to turn out that way. But there's one thing I love about what I see with um, our five boys, is especially with some of them that have gone through the hardest of times, is we've never lost connection. No, and you know what, Deborah? That's amazing. They will remember that when they're older. As the word says, when you train a child up in the way they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. Not when they're young, when they're old. In other words, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. What you've ministered and planted in their young lives will reap fruit later on in life. It's like God saying, my word won't return void. When you plant seeds of love and hope into your children and, and love them and lead them as best you can, that will hold strong in later life, trust me, it, it, it does, it, it holds it firm does. because the Word of God is And we've true. seen it, yep. we've actually seen that and you know it doesn't matter the hard roads that some of our kids have gone down and they have gone down to some hard, hard, hard yeah. roads, they've always remained connected and I thank God for that, you know I, I really do, I, I really, really thank God for those times when things looked so dark but that they still remained connected because we built that strong relationship and that connection. Yep. And it's it's vitally important. And I just want to, um, as we're coming up to a, a close tonight, I, I just keep feeling that I just want to say this scripture. You know, the end of the, the Old Testament is Malachi. Yep. And it says that God wants to turn the father's heart back to the children, the children's, the children's heart, heart back, back to, to the, the father. Fathers. But it starts with the father's heart back to the children. And I know there's a lot of um, mm. biblical commentary on that scripture as well. But let's, let's take it on that face value tonight. Fathers, turn your heart back to your children because there's a lot of noise out there today. There's so much stuff out there that will fill your kids with dread and fear and you are the safe haven for them if you'll just keep their heart. Yeah, I agree, Deborah. They're looking for you to lead them. Trust me, they're, they're looking for you to lead them. Yeah. Well, I've, I've so much enjoyed tonight. Yeah, it's been great. Wouldn't it have been great if we'd had this information way back when? <laughs> it would have been helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We've had this many years of experience and, you know, we don't always get it right. But it doesn't matter how what part of life you're in, you can still get it right from this day on. You can make a line in the sand and you can decide that today is going to be the beginning of the rest of your life. And you do have a direction book, as my young son said, you have the Bible. If you don't know where to start, start in Proverbs. Because Proverbs is, was written by Solomon, the wisest man. And there's so much wisdom in that book. So if you need some wisdom for your family, go and check out Proverbs. Read what the Word says. Listen to what a wise man has to teach about the things of the ways of the Lord and training up your family in the ways that they should go. And when they are old, they won't depart. It's been great sharing with you yep. tonight. It's been fantastic. I really enjoyed it. For to next week, we're going to be talking about the next part of leadership in the family, communicating. Woo. How do we communicate? Looking wow. forward to seeing you next week. No worries. Take it easy. Bye.